Welcome to Nerd News Now. I've got everyone with me. I got Kyle. He's got a hat on. I got Brainy and I got Miss Jen. Uh, how's everyone doing? Miss Jen, start with you. <clears throat> a lovely weekend away. My first weekend away, and I don't can't remember the last time I was away. Comics Pro, I guess. <laughs> but um, in Texas here, it's it's officially summer now because it hit ninety degrees today, and it was miserable outside. Agreed. It's Texas. It's always miserable outside. Uh, I mean, I don't have the energy to argue with you because the humidity has zapped all the fun. <laughs> Especially this year, it is always awful outside. Uh, what about you, Brainy? How's it been going? It's been going. It's a little tired. We got two pallets of Gemini shippers I had to unload. And, you know, I'm starting to realize age is catching up to me. <laughs> What's a uh, Gemini shipper? Is that one of the villains from Mega Man 3? Yeah, that's what it is. Um, but they transform into boxes that you can use to ship comic books throughout the world. Oh. So just a lot of comic moving around. Comics get really heavy, don't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially pallets and, and long boxes and, and all that. It's... Uh, Especially one the stuff not so heavy, a lot is heavy. You know, you don't realize the paper difference from back in the newsprint days when they were so much lighter. Oh, oh my god, nowadays it's just you're yeah, it's better to go work out in the gym. Well, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> the best decision like I ever made was not dealing in modern comics anymore, just in silver gold because they're yeah. so much lighter. Yeah, I think a long box of silver or even bronze is like 30 pounds you put all modern in that box it's a 50 pound box right and and you know when you lift the older ones and i'm starting to wonder whether the box is empty or not because it's so much lighter <laughs> like wait is this box half empty and is that is that weight different solely due to the inside pages or do fancy covers have a lot to do with that wraparounds lenticular all that kind of type of stuff no, it's it's the entirety of it. Um, you know, there if they do use cardstock, it of course adds more weight to it. But uh, yeah, that's not that comparatively. It's it's the inside paper that's making a huge difference. Well, you know that's how they measure paper, right? Is by the pound. Correct. You know, if you want to know the weight, you know, if you want to know which size stock paper you have, it's actually by the pound. Correct. So imagine folding those pages in half and then stapling them and then. Putting hundreds of them in a box, and my back hurts thinking about it. <laughs> I think everything I learned about paper was from the American version of The Office and all the goings on under Mifflin. So, <laughs> when I was in design school, I had to take a class on paperweight. Really? Like, so you knew what stock paper you were going to use, what stock paper held what kind of ink best. If you were doing something for print, what color, what Pantone book should you be using for the kind of stock paper they were using? It was the most boring class ever, but they were constantly giving you sheets of paper. And it was graphic design school and you always had homework. So you just doodle and work <laughs> on your, you know, your thumbnailing on the paper. You were supposed to be paying attention to what weight it was. It was maybe a bad way to teach, but worked out for me. Mm 
Um, and also, so the only different paper I can think of is resume paper. So you had paper and resume paper. This is for my purposes of my life. Um, I'm assuming all three of you have hired people for various things, right? Comic shops and whatnot. So does resume paper matter? Like if someone gave you a resume on non-resume paper, do you throw it away or does it matter at all? Kyle's like shaking his head. Well, yes. um, well okay. Here's the thing about resume paper, and this is why you use resume paper, and this is resume 101. Resume paper is a lot harder to get buried into a stack of other crap. It sticks out. That's why you use it. You don't, you know, I've got bills and stuff that are on regular 20-pound print paper, printer paper. You know, the real thin, flimsy stuff you can get at Walmart for five bucks. You you give me a resume that's on that's on like a 30-pound paper with a little bit of a marble in it. That's not going to get lost in this other pile of junk. That's why I say resume paper is important. If somebody hands it to me on regular printer paper, I'm not going to disqualify them from the job. But also, it's 2021. If you're handing me a resume, we may have a bigger problem. That's exactly sub- my submitting it online. Um, and that's you know that's our test number one. Whenever somebody comes to apply. We tell them, hey, well, now we've got an application for them to fill out online, but it's send your resume to resume at enjoy.us. That's test number one. If you can't follow that simple instruction, you do not want to work for me. <laughs> and I also uh, have the rule, you must deliver a resume to me in person. See, we, we don't do the in-person one because I'm not at the store normally and my hours are, you know. So um, it also teaches, it lets us know that they know how to operate a computer. Yeah. You would not believe in in today's date. People cannot even send a simple email. And I'm talking about like young people, not, you know, um, elderly or anything like that. But the last kid I hired, I had on my business card, I had three different emails, right? My email, my business partner's email, and the generic store email. I go, send your resume. And if you don't have resume, send a copy of your high school transcript because he was fresh out of high school. Like he no work experience. Okay. I, I can deal with that. Send your transcript to these three emails. And if you couldn't, if he couldn't send to those three emails, I wasn't going to interview him. But he stands there on his phone and sends me those emails, those resume, his transcripts. And I go, great. Now shoot me a message on Facebook, on my store's Facebook, and say, hey, I'm the kid you met here. Those are my transcripts. So I remember who you are. And he did all those steps, and he was one of the best employees I ever had. That's, you know, but it's it's about realizing, oh, this is an opportunity. This is what this person wants to give me a job. I got to do it. So, yep. I like the uh, doing it right then, right there, right in front of you. I kind of like that. Right. Yeah, it showed that he wanted it. Like if he said, exactly. okay, I'll do that later. All right, do it later. I mean, you might not have your transcript accessible on your phone. I'm yeah. okay. But he did, and he was like, no, I want this job. I'm in. Okay. And Kyle, so was Resume 101 a class you took as an elective addition to uh, Paperweight 101? or No. Um, so I was in the trade edu- uh, trades in high school. I studied right. computer-aided sure. drafting in high school. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I was one of those kids that's like, oh, I'm going to go into the workforce. I'm not going to go to college. Um, but I studied computer-aided drafting. 
Uh, and one of the things they have to teach you in those programs is resumes and interviews and that kind of stuff. Then when I decided I am going to go to college, I went to a trade school. You know, I went to, uh, you know, a broadcast media school and they taught for graphic design for broadcast. And they taught me, again, resumes and interviews, but they added with your portfolio, you know, to that to that right roster. And then when I went to regular college, there was a class you had to take as a, uh, you know, requirement to graduate interviewing and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I've taken that class three or four times. It's why it's why when I worked in radio, I worked in HR. (laughs) Like, (laughs) but the bottom line is there's still a lot of different paper out there and I just don't know if anyone's using it. Um, You You would not tell when somebody doesn't know what paper is. Yeah. You should see how much different type of paper I have. Uh, and, you know, it, it's stuff that I've probably used maybe once or twice for projects. And I've got stacks and stacks of different type of paper, different way, I've different. Three yeah. different in, in the room right here. By me, I got three different weights of neon colored paper. Yeah, nice. Uh, Miss Jen just saw what three different colors of paper that we use. Mm-hmm. Yep, I sure did. Yep. Um, yeah, you never I mean, know when you're going to need heavy, heavy neon paper for signs. You never know when you're going to need light neon paper for handouts or when you're going to need a medium weight neon paper for printouts. Correct. And when you need it for banners or anything like that, um, mm-hmm. signs or anything like that. Yep. Of course, most of the time it just sits there and collects dust because you use it for one or two projects and then it just sits there. And you can't find it when you need it, so you go buy another ream. Exactly. Then you go to put that ream away, and you... Oh, that's where the other one was? Come on, man. Yeah. yeah um, I, I just wonder how many people are still printing resumes on resume paper. But, Miss Jen, you said that people have to hand you the paper. Is there an obstacle course involved? Because it sounded kind of menacing when you said it. No, it's just, <clears throat> for me, my pet peeve is when I tell people that are interested in actually working for me that I require a resume in person, and they send me a picture of the resume via, you know, Facebook direct, direct message. Sorry, that completely knocks you out of the running. I'm a stickler in that. It's like, it's just like Brainy says, it's like my... Way of knowing it, can you follow a simple instruction? It doesn't really mean anything about the actual resume, although I do read them, and I'm dismayed when people are like, did you actually proofread this? Because most of it doesn't make any <laughs> sense either. So now I'm sorry you're disqualified because you also don't know how to write a resume. Go yeah. back to square one. I mean, with, all the, with all the templates available, uh, I think I think writing a resume is still a daunting task as far as like trying to sell yourself to an employer or a specific job, but the presentation is kind of just done for us now. If you just download a simple template and then maybe use like an an application like Grammarly to check your grammar and spelling and things like that, but uh, yeah. We we recently received a resume, and I was surprised that this person was in college. Um, 
the amount of grammatical errors that were on that resume. It's a resume. This is your presentation to your, I'm, I was just like, how? You know, even if you're challenged, it's still, you know, somebody has to review it, right? I was just surprised this person even, uh, you know, he could have just gone to some, like you mentioned, get in, gotten a template, looked at it, uh, just changed some of the information or whatnot. But, you know, at least he tried to submit a resume. I, I'll give him that. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's the little things that really matter, really count. Like Jen said, it's not always about the resume. It's about how you follow. Yeah. For, for me, it was always about the follow-up. It was you drop off your resume. If you drop off a resume or you email me a resume or you send me one through Facebook, whatever, I don't care how you get it to me necessarily. But these are the three people I want it to go to. You know, and then it's do you follow up and say, hey, want to make sure you got my resume? Please let me know when you're hiring or if you're hiring or when we can have an interview, when we can get together and sit down. The follow up. And then the big thing for me, because it's a customer service industry, is the did they say thank you at the end of the interview and then did they send a note or an email or a facebook message afterwards saying it was nice to eat nice to have an opportunity thank you for the chance any of that kind of stuff because that's a sign of someone who's going to be good in customer service mm -hmm. if they're good in interpersonal relationships and whether they ask questions during the interview uh, you know, I'm amazed how many people don't ask, say, hey, what are the hours going to be like? You know, how much am I going to get paid? That that just, you know, it's like, don't you want to know how much you're going to get paid? A simple question like that, and they just don't ask. I would tell people never ask what you're going to get paid. No, you person. should ask. That is <laughs> no, you can ask, what are the hours like? Uh, where does your pay fall in comparison to minimum wage? Things like that, but don't ever. I tell people during a first interview, never ask for a number. Um, specific number, probably. You're right. You know, but do ask. Um, you know, about competitive wages. Do you offer wages that are commensary to? So I had somebody, and my favorite question was, I had Wendy's offer me twelve dollars an hour. Um, <laughs> can you match or beat that? And I went, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're going okay you know that kind of those kind of questions about i know what my time is worth to other people what's it worth to you gives me an indication of that you you've got some sort of value of your time in life and so i always go into an interview knowing what i need to get and then going from there figuring out what i want to get or what i can get so one of the questions we put on our application that we did online, and we were basically making fill it out online, just a questionnaire, basically. Um, you know, we made the answer so simple. You know, it's basically uh, which universe is dark side in. We even said, of course, it's DC. Everybody knows that. And uh, it's amazing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm. I'm sort of surprised that almost everybody's gotten that one correct. And I do put the word almost everybody. You know, it, it, you still have to wonder. You could just go Google that and figure it out. Um, and I got, also got to check where on the internet does it say that we opened our store in 2002? Because there were so many people who answered that our store opened in 2000. Because that's one of our questions, like when did Enjoy start? 
And there are so many people that have been answering 2002. So I'm trying to figure out where it says that we started in 2002. Anyway. Uh, so we have just spent, what, a half hour on this uh, topic? Yeah. yeah like, it's a good like topic. Minutes. Seven, 19 minutes, maybe. I don't know. Um, no, I think uh, those are all excellent points. As someone who's on the opposite side of that, I would say that, you know, depending on the type of job, some of those kind of the things that people say is a big must or a big no-no, um, th those vary. Because, like, as far as the, the payment, well, again, going back to what we have access to nowadays, you have websites like Glassdoor. And you can get the average payment. And so you might know what to expect. But yeah, I was told just never do numbers. And also, if it's like a corporate type job, they're a lot more kind of closed lipped about money just because it, is, it just depends on kind of the, uh, the hiring. You might process. be making more than the guy sitting next to you doing the same job. Yes. And no one wants you to know that or say that out loud. So it's, it's yeah. You know, well, it's, it's a, like, we talked about Mark, you know, you and I come from that media background. Huh. It's even a different thing when you're interviewing for a job in media. Correct. It's, if you're interviewing with in radio, when I interviewed with iHeart, the interview was very, was very straight laced and straightforward. When I interviewed with Cumulus, it was a lot more laid back. And then when I interviewed with a third company, it was basically like, hey, man, how much weed do you smoke a day? <laughs> well, my answer was none. They're like, really? You're hired. <laughs> that, like, that, because they were, that was, you know, kind of the thing. Like, it was, it, so depending on the industry, too, it does vary wildly. So, of course, you know, we do in construction. So, you know, everybody knows what everybody gets paid. Uh, because of you know the DIR requirements and Davis Bacon Act and everything, so everybody knows they're what they're going to get paid in construction. Uh, yeah, but I still think it's it's good to at least ask. It's like, hey, am I going to get, uh, you know, how many hours am I going to get? Am I going to get? Yeah. Am I going to be able to pay my bills at the end of the week? You know, things like that. Yeah, so and I think. I think it also depends on if a place is getting a hundred applications for a job or twenty thousand applications for a job right. too, and that also leads into the when do you contact them back? And if some people, especially at that corporate level, will say, "Do not contact us because we're going. This is going to be a month long process." And then, and then you start to second guess it. Like, wait a minute, when they said "do not contact," is that like a test? I'm supposed to contact or I'm not supposed to contact? And when I do, what do I ask? And it just gets very exhaustive mentally, I think. And then as far as the questions, you can out-question yourself out of a job too, right? <laughs> asking, yes, of course. Asking, asking yes. too many questions. <laughs> I know for sure I didn't get a job once because I asked a question that the interviewer thought was inappropriate. Um and, and it's not like I ask a weird question, but it was I was working for a company that was doing marketing or I was interviewing to work for a company that was doing marketing. And one of their clients for years had been tractor supply company. And I remembered vividly the first time I encountered a tractor supply company at was when they had country singer Clint Black as their spokesperson. 
And I asked the question, what was the mentality behind the Clint Black ad campaign? <laughs> Which gives an idea as for me as to this is a brand awareness question. This isn't a question about advertising history. What was your goals? What were you going for? And the person said, we won't talk about that until we hire someone. And I went, oh, in my head, I'm going, oh, I'm not getting this job now. And I know for a fact I didn't because I asked them that, that question and they felt like I was trolling for information. So weird sometimes what people think. Yeah. That's so to get back to Mark's original question about weekends, I had a big one. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do? I bought a car on Friday. Mm-hmm. Saturday, I participated in uh, a virtual hunt for a serial killer. Um, it was... It's like Pokemon Go meets Law and Order SVU. <laughs> um, you download an app on your phone, and they're doing this in cities all over the country. Uh, and it tells you where to go on a map, and you go and you collect clues, and you get witness interviews, and you read things. And you have to figure out who is the Ripper. So here in Toledo, it was the Glass City Ripper. Um, you know, uh and it was super fun. Uh, that that was that was an amazing way to spend a weekend, like pretending to be, you know, a detective trying to find a serial killer. Did you record it? Like you um, said, you're we shot a lot of it, but then it went, then we realized, oh crap, we're being timed, and we're competing against all these other teams that are being timed. So maybe we should be less theatrical and more competitive. Yeah. Um, and we wound up coming in the top twenty-five. Um, but unlike a lot of teams, our first guess was correct. Oh, um, yeah. So when we solved it, we solved it, but a lot of teams went faster, um, than we did because they just got lucky and hit their clues in the right order or guessed, I'm sure. Um, and then we didn't win best group costume, um, because apparently goth detectives is not a good vibe uh, we lost we lost to a group that was a group of girls who were all dressed as uh magnum pi you know so i mean but it was it was really fun to run around like my city like i know this city like the back of my hand it's you know it's downtown toledo is it's not my neighborhood, but it might as well be. So I know where every little nook and cranny is and every one of these locations was. With a bunch of other people who maybe had never explored downtown before. And like, we get to see people realize that we have these old historic buildings and these really cool little, you know, plaques commemorating things that you'd never see if not for this kind of thing. So get to experience the city with a bunch of people that way was super fun. So... so so this was a mix of like uh, in person and virtual at the same time, or I mean, you're just running well, around. You were it. running around like it was GPS based, just yeah. like Pokemon Go. But yeah, you you get to the thing and you'd scan it on your phone, and up would pop the clue or the interview video or whatever. 
So it was a lot like Pokemon Go. I, I yeah. want to add on to your question, Mark, and I will explain my week. You guys ever watch those old classic romantic movies where the the wife of the soldier is waiting outside of the train station every night waiting for him to come home? My week was like that. I was sitting outside almost every night waiting for the postman, the UPS man, the FedEx man to deliver my lightsaber churros. Those uh-huh. <laughs> um, they rained out. <laughs> man. <laughs> Sorry, Brainy. You know, broke my heart every night. Yeah, no, nope, it was it was uh, <laughs> a non-starter. <laughs> uh, it was thirty-eight degrees and rainy. They did not. Yeah. I still that thirty-eight and rain does should not stop the ball game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Chance of snow stops ball game. Uh, 38 and rainy would stop my chance of showing up to a ball game for sure. I, I just did not. I don't want to go to a stadium and be uncomfortable. Hey, 38 and rain, I am not getting out of bed, period. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone to games like that when they like when they had to play games like, you know, in postseason. Mm-hmm. I've done I've been to games where it's snowing and it's like there's something really cool about watching a game in the snow and then there's something really dumb about when the guy who normally is carrying beer around ice cold beer is carrying around real hot hot chocolate you know it's a weird kind of vibe well i mean you got to play to your to your audience though a a lot of people will reach for that hot chocolate oh yeah no he was selling them like crazy What'd you but, do? Uh, Anything fun? Um, no, just uh, just work. Uh, and trying to think, I caught up on the Bad Batch, which was one of the uh, May Fourth releases on Disney Plus. Has anyone seen that? Not yet. No, no. Legacy. Probably all it did was like it probably just spiked the prices of all these Star Wars comics I've never heard of because I feel that's like. I feel that's what's happening every time anything Star Wars comes out now. Yep. There's some short printed comic from like 2005 or 1998 or 2017. Just like goes through the roof. And I don't even know if like the Bad Batch, this uh, Clone Force 99, I would assume they're in the comics at some point. But if they are, I'm sure that went through the roof this week. Because no, that shows good. Uh, Bad Batch is a good, enjoyable animated series. Um, I never got into Clone Wars. The movie killed it for me. Just like I was done from the jump on that. And uh, I still have yet to go back and watch it, even though a lot of people rave about the final season and where it went. And then a lot, even more people are in love with the animated series Rebels. But I think the Bad Batch is yeah. uh, fun. It's like Star Wars version of A-Team. So. You've definitely got to watch Rebels and Clone Wars. I think Rebels, there's a better chance to jump in um, and kind of knock it out season by season. Clone Wars, though, it's just... Whenever that movie came out, that the 90-minute, which is probably just like a three-part, you know, episodic uh, to start up that animated series, uh, that 
wasn't for me. It's worth watching. Yeah, the last episode, I mean, last season is really good. There's a lot. I mean, I, I thought the entire series was good, but that's yeah, me. So, Miss Jen, how are you liking Jupiter Legacy? Um, I am episode four in, and I love it. It's um, you know, it has all the violence that you like from the boys, but it's I like it because I feel like now kind of all the superhero things like when with invincible and everything that the superheroes all have like bad guy aspects to them and this feels like all the superheroes are damaged and maybe not 100 percent, you know you know uh sober all the time but they're good guys so and they're they're all damaged backstories which means i love all of them because i'm a sucker for a damaged hero did you watch or did you read Pro? I watch. I would love to see that made into a movie. The Pro from Image. I know exactly what you're talking about, but I did not. I've only read the book. Well, there's there's a movie. I, I hope they can make that into a movie. I think that would be a really good uh, movie to make for them, especially yeah. with everything else that's out. You know, with the Jupiter Legacy and uh, Alias and all of that. I think it would be a really good movie falling into that same genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I, I was worried that I would be over superheroed miniseries. That's not what I felt. I, I felt like, oh, now this. Because, mostly because of its, it jumps back and forth in time period between uh, Depression era, you know, post crash America and, you know, modern day. Or the, the modern day that the superhero universe is set in, at least. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm divided on whether I want to look. I, I did not like the... I, I couldn't get into the comic book. I tried reading issue number one. It just didn't appeal to me enough that... Uh, but I'll check the show out. I'll see. Mm-hmm. I am uh, going to watch it once I finish Falcon and Winter Soldier, which <laughs> I've officially watched first two episodes of. Good job, Kyle. I knew you'd find some time. Yeah. I I I actually finished it. I was expecting something different out of it. Uh, but hey, it, it was still good. Has anyone uh, finished Invincible? Oh yeah. That was nuts. Absolutely crazy. Right. Uh, have you seen it, Kyle? Uh, episode one. Oi. Uh, we'll wait. <laughs> I, uh, I did. I have watched all of Longmire recently. How many, how many seasons does that end up being? That's not so long. No. Uh, it was three on A&E, and then Netflix picked it up for three. Yeah. Um, but I watched all of that in recent weeks because I needed a sort of turn your brain off but not completely cop show is what i decided and uh lou diamond phillips Mm -hmm. is awesome um also katie sackoff and bootcut jeans like you know not to reveal too much about myself but that's a big draw um but you know it's it was a good cop show and 
a good cop show not produced by Dick Wolf is hard to come by these days. So <laughs> yeah. I was into it. Um, but uh, that said, um, I'm now to the point where I'm ready to watch Falcon and Winter Soldier. I've rewatched all the Captain America movies. I'm to the point where I'm ready to watch Falcon and Winter Soldier. I watched the second episode and went, huh, all right, maybe my brain's not in the right place for this right now. And so I figured I'd pick it up um, tomorrow or the next day and try and get through it uh, this week. Um, it's, it's one of those is that if I don't feel like I can focus on it, I don't want to watch. You know, it's, it's one of those, I can't watch that and work. I can't watch that and read the internet. I, you know, I got to be able to focus on it. I've not felt like I could focus on it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to try and finish it this week, but I got to get my head right. Trying to figure out. Once that's that's done, it'll be Invincible and Jupiter's Legacy at the same time. Oh, perfect. I'm trying to figure out what from Malar World that I want to come out next. I think it's a tie between Prodigy and uh, Magic. Oh, gosh, I forgot the second part of that title. Oh, my gosh, so did I. And I know what you're talking about, too. Yeah. Yeah. The great book. Good um, if, if you guys have not started, try checking out uh, Yosuke on Netflix. Uh, I started this morning. I, I got hooked. First episode, I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Uh, What's it called again? I believe it's called Yosuke. Let me just make sure. I don't know where my television remote is. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's that one about, Brainy? Uh, it's about a... a a black servant that gets uh, promoted to being a samurai. Uh, and yeah, and then the, of course the dark forces take over and it, it, the story takes place 20 years later and they do start doing flashbacks and everything like that. I'm only on episode uh, two or three, but I, you know, after I'm done with everything tonight, I'm going to stay up late and try to watch a few more episodes. Uh, it's, it's a magical. What's that? Magic order. Magic order. Yeah, magic order. Um, and my my answer to that is uh, either Sharky the Bounty Hunter. Yeah. Or um, I'd love to see a Hit Girl or Kick-Ass series from Netflix as opposed to the films. But if they're not going to do that, I think I'm ready just for Huck. So I'll be right back. I can hear you guys even though I'm not here. All right. Uh, Miss Jen, do you know, so, you know, in this Millar verse, are these going to be connected or is this, or is it, I mean, I know he signed a Netflix deal, but are the shows that come out next going to be connected to Jupiter's legacy in any way, or have they announced that? I don't think they're, and I know it's part of a shared, like his creation universe, but yeah, I can't imagine that they're actually connected as a universe universe. I mean, like they're so different. Like Sharky Bounty Hunter is about a bounty hunter that operates out of an ice cream truck. And it's kind of like obscene comedy. <laughs> I, yeah, I just didn't, I didn't know if the comics were, were interconnected at this point. Or not, so it's just. Uh, I, I think I, that was his whole idea behind Millar World, that they would be connected one way or another. 
but like she said, you know, there's some bizarre ones that you never know. You never know. You never know. Yeah. Maybe we should start paying attention to see if there's clues in the background. Like, if we start seeing, like, really Natalie dressed um, witches and warlocks in the background of Jupiter's Legacy, I guess we know. Yep. <laughs> and how, long, how long has Jupiter's Legacy been out as a comic? Enough time for them to have uh, multiple series. There's uh, Jupiter's Legacy and Jupiter's Circle. Two series of that. Uh-huh. I think it's been like five, ten years now. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's it's a lot of material. Jupiter's Legacy originally came out in 2013. Um, and then there's Jupiter's Legacy Requiem that comes out this year. So still going from 2013. Well, Still going in a sense that it's all miniseries. Um, so they, you know, yeah, yeah. they did after a certain amount of issues. So I heard you ask, uh, there are some that tie together. Jupiter's Legacy ties in with, uh, I want to say. Um, hey, maybe. Oh, I can't remember. But. There are some that tie together. Jupiter's Legacy and Chronauts, Chronauts maybe? Or oh, Empress, Nemesis, some of those? Huh? I forgot about Chronauts. I forgot that was Miller World. Yeah, it's... Um, Here, too. There are some that tie together, and then there are some that's, that are separate. Like, mm-hmm. Kick-Ass and Hit-Girl do not exist in the same world as Jupiter's Legacy. But some of the other stuff does. Um, however, I don't think Sharky the Bounty Hunter exists in any other world <laughs> that we know in his own world. <laughs> right. You know what would be good? A Space Bandit show? Yeah. The, the old classic Space Bandit? Yeah, with the Mateo Scalero one that he did. Millar did a Space Bandits series at Image. Totally escaping me. I'll check yeah, it out. 29. You'll remember it, Bernie. It was the one that had the C cover that was 75 cents. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That, that was a weird marketing ploy. I, I, I don't understand what they were trying to do with that. Well, it was weird because they were like, lower price but then on the secondary market those are the ones that pumped up in price so it's like okay i think the concept was most retailers didn't order that one because the margin you know you're not making as much money off of a 75 cent book as you are off of a 399 book and everybody's got to pay rent there's only limited space so Mm -hmm. i think that was a concept behind it back then but But the, the real question is, what, what weight paper did they use for the 75-cent book? <laughs> it was, in fact, the same, same type of paper that they used for the regular one. The only oh, difference no. was, was the cover. Everything else was the same. Uh, you know, the Chinese printing companies do a really good job for a very low cost. Mm-hmm. Even the Canadian ones, they do a really good pound job. Page is 15-pound paperweight. Is it 15 Covers pounds? I thought it was a little bit lighter, but well, it makes sense actually. Um, I don't know. Here's I know that. 
here's a real question, Miss Jen. How many times did you see Wrath of Man this weekend? Nine times. I was away at a bed and breakfast. <laughs> oh, okay, that's good. Because because you've been going through the movies like once or twice a week this whole time, so I yep. figure maybe you helped contributed to. Jason Statham winning the box office with Wrath of Man, which I vaguely remember seeing a commercial for like a week or so ago. Mm -hmm. but, but it's got Richie and Jason Statham. It's, you know. Yeah. So, Miss Jen, the retreat was just for fun or were you celebrating something? Oh, I was, I went out to Comfort, Texas for a <laughs> wedding of a friend of mine. We stayed at a bed and breakfast and extended the stay. Like we came, we went out on Friday and came back on Sunday. We could have just gone out on Saturday and came back. But. So, how are restrictions in Texas now? Is it? There's no COVID in Texas. We're, we're, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're, we're still pretty serious about wearing masks everywhere, but it, we're, everything's pretty much open. Yeah, we're. we're getting there but you know I, from what i hear a lot of retailers not you know in, in the neighborhood are a little still reluctant on trying to open all the way uh, even us you know i am still reluctant trying to go back to what our normal used to be but we'll see how that turns out i'll just tell you the most difficult part honestly is when like when when the governor took down the mask the mandatory mask requirement the getting customers to understand that yes it was still within the law for us as retail establishment owners to still require a mask and have it be an actual requirement yep that's that was the hard part and it's still the hard part we have to yep, we sure. know every day that we we're gonna have to have a fight a battle at least with one person over it so <coughs> Yeah, you basically just have to keep up your self diligence, and if you don't feel comfortable anywhere, just just get out of there. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what you have to do here. Now, anyway, but most, I mean, most businesses. I haven't been to a business where you know all the employees aren't, or, you know, are 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 not wearing masks. So uh, I think from the business perspective, everyone's been super diligent about it. It's just from the other shoppers, consumers, et cetera. Uh, it just varies place to place. Uh, Ms. Jen, where is Comfort, Texas? Uh, it's in the Texas near Fredericksburg. Oh, okay. Where the good German food is, which I ate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Fredericksburg is like a... Uh, how would you describe that? A tiny shopping town? I don't know. <laughs> well, right when I grew up in Georgetown, which is not too far away from there, it was more about they had a lot of cool like German bars and um, a lot of cool shopping along that main street. And now it almost has turned into a, like a little wine country. So um, yeah. now they have a bunch of wine tours. You can just like show up on main street, hop in a bus and they go for a whole day or two just sipping wine. Peach wine, if you like. Um, so, real quick. Wrath of Man, you know, Jason Statham led. I wanted to see if anyone can answer this question. Out of Jason Statham's five top grossing movies, three of them were Fast and the Furious. 
So probably no surprise there. But can anyone name the other two? Transporter. Mechanic. Brainy, you got a guess? Is it the one where he has to keep his adrenaline up? Uh, crank, no. That was uh, Amy Smart. No, it's a uh, Italian job. Ah, I forgot he was in that. That made $160 million and The Meg. Uh, <laughs> was that like two years ago? By the giant monster? $140 really? million. With Rain Wilson. Yeah. It's back when people went to the movies. So you could like pretty much release anything. You could release like a Sefi movie into the box office and people would pay for it. I give you the Italian job. I will give you that one 100%. That movie is fantastic. Yeah. But the Meg... Yeah, but, but it, you gotta remember it was back when people used to go to movies, though. Like I don't lot. care. It's still the Meg. It's the Sharknado of Jason Statham movies. <laughs> like, yeah, but, but that's transporter so around. good. Crank so good. Yeah. He was in one of those Sylvester Stallone old people versus young people killing each other movies. Expendables. Yeah. Wasn't he in an Oceans movie? No. Oceans think... 37 or something? I don't think like, so. I'm not okay. Yeah, I know, but it's it's back when people went to movies. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Again, there's an irrelevancy factor to that. Like, if you release the mag right now, it maybe gets a million, but it's you know when people were just going to movies like crazy and they were like Jason Statham in a Sharknado type movie, people were like, yeah, I'll do that. I don't care. <laughs> no, see the thing about, but here's the thing, right? Like the transporter is on cable all the time. Yeah. That movie is still grossing. Yes. You know, the the Expendables is on cable all the time. The Italian job is doing nothing. The Meg is not on cable. None of the stations are that desperate for content that they would put the Meg on. <laughs> they would put I, on Sharknado. Speaking yeah. of not being on, I did not realize it took King Kong and Godzilla away from HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they, 30 days. It's 30 days. Once the movie hits there, you got 30 days. I missed it. I, I think this week is much. The, uh, I think this week is the Angelina Jolie movie. I believe. That is so that movie uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead. Yes. It, now, was it based on a book or was it based on a comic? Or is there a comic that's based on the original story? There's some I, tie-in to uh, to our our industry. I oh. can't remember what it was. Uh, it might just be that the original novel the movie is based on has been adapted into graphic novel or something. Um, but this is the movie that may get me back in a traditional theater. Oh, yeah? Really? Because of the action or the, the actors? The story. Really? Yeah, I from if if it's the if it's based on the book that I'm aware of, I enjoyed the book. If it's not, and it just shares a similar title, I'm okay with being disappointed in going back to the movie. You know, but it's going to have to see. Like, if I could see it for five bucks on a Tuesday, I'm gonna. But we'll see what happens. I could be convinced. 
But it's so easy just to turn on your TV. That's the thing. Right. Yeah. Like I said, if the right friends go, hey, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go to the movies. I could be convinced to. As long as they pick up the bill, show up. Even then. <laughs> How much longer do I have to uh, half watch or half pay attention to Mortal Kombat? Like two more weeks. <clears throat> I, I finished that. It was an okay story. Did Kyle freeze? Oh. No. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen him dead <laughs> still before. I'm trying to figure out if Those Who Wish Me Dead is based on the thing I know or not. Well, I have a question for you, Kyle, while you do that. Well, okay, you ask me question. You're talking about the serial killer game. Was the name of the serial killer Cletus Cassidy? No. Oh, okay. Well, segue. Uh, Carnage trailer came out today. And uh, I'm very conflicted about this. Miss Jen, let's start with you. What do you think about the Venom Let There Be Carnage? Like, the trailer and just the idea of this is still something that we're doing, even though it's not connected to the MCU or Spider-Verse. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of happy they stuck with that kind of, like, goofy shtick that they've got between Venom and... Eddie, I mean, I think it's upped it. I feel like the like it's upped, and that's for the better. Yeah, they they know that that they didn't go very serious in the first one. They didn't earn their R, so they're just gonna stick with that. They're gonna let. I think they're gonna let Carnage be the R. Oh yeah. Did it, uh, did anyone else get to see the trailer? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Man. Okay. Man. Yeah. Uh, but to your point, Mark, uh, I think they did. Um, they in, they had um, Spider-Man in there, or, you know, um, Peter Parker in there. Um, so, in essence, I think they are saying this is part of the MCU uh, because, you know, Spider-Man is supposed to be part of the MCU. Wait, Peter Parker was in there? Did I miss something? Unless if I watched the wrong uh, trailer. Yeah, they said that it's not... Um... Where is it at? Is it's the director came out and said it's not part of the MCU. That's stupid directors. What do they know? <laughs> no, then I must have watched the wrong. Uh, I could have sort of saw it, Tom. Wait, wait, wait. This movie is directed by Andy Serkis? Yes. Yes. Little less meh. Yeah. I love Andy Serkis. Still yeah. copious amounts of meh. But maybe only two exclamation points instead of three. Yeah. So I posted it up on social media to one of our entertainment sites. And um, I said, I think I see some other characters in here. What do you guys think? And I felt so bad because there's what the first guy that puts it up is like, oh, I think I saw a scream. So he like immediately, I guess, goes and buys the Internet out of first appearances of that character. And then the next person down says, I'm pretty sure that shriek. And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> it was Shriek. It is Shriek, for sure. Uh, Na- like, Naomi like, Harris is playing Shriek in that. Uh, I do think, Miss Jen, you're right about the, uh, they're going to let Carnage be the uh, rated R part. Uh, I enjoyed Venom making an omelet. I did. So. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> you know, it's the thing about it was is the comedy seems solid. Mm-hmm. You know, the Venom comedy seems solid, which I like. I still have huge, huge reservations about the rest of the movie. Um, the acting, the writing, the VFX. You know, I we all watched an amorphous blob roll around the screen for however long that end of that last movie was. Yeah. How do I know they're not going to do that to me again? I will. I I am seriously considering not seeing it at all. Um, which is what I said about the first Venom movie, and there I was opening night with a giant bucket of popcorn. So, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see if again if I can be convinced to go see it by someone. It just nothing about it is super appealing to me right now. Uh, and the Morpheus Blob movie was really big in the '60s and in the '80s when they reshot it in color. Mm-hmm. I just want to see Woody act. I've never been disappointed in seeing Woody act. I think there were some episodes of Cheers where it was a little sketchy. <laughs> yeah but he was the, pretty green but for every but for every cheers episode like that then there's like you know season one of true detective mm-hmm. so the, the guy can act i think so uh he does get thrown in a lot of you know franchise type stuff like planet of the apes and whatnot but you know it's it just depends i mean you know sometimes you need a paycheck and Sometimes it's like a, you still have a, he's had quite a career. Like when you think about his career, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> just like yeah. his IMDb is just. Well, when you think about the fact that his dad went to jail for murder. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Woody Harrelson's life is like, he should make a movie of his life. Mm-hmm. It's wild. I did not know that. Yeah. No, Woody that. Harrelson's dad was like in prison for murder and his mom was a drug addict and like all this kind of like Woody Harrelson should for all, you know, for all the stories you hear, this is the classic part of the system stuck in a, you know, terrible cycle. But instead he gets cheers and is a huge star and great actor and gifted individual. And it's great, you know, but it's just one of those things like, you know, I I like Woody Harrelson a lot, but I don't. Is it the hair? Is it the red hair? No. It's just, yeah. It's It, it was my tremendous disappointment in the first Venom movie. That's mm. had me apprehensive and upset about the sequel since the post credit scene in the first movie. Yeah. So I I really like Tom Hardy though, so I'm gonna try to to tough this out. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, know. There if was some other. I mean, I don't know if he's an Eddie Brock, but I I I know the guy tries every time at bat. So there was some other uh, kind of big movie news that's sort of relevant to pieces of movie news. Okay, go for it. NBC has aired the Golden Globes since 1944, and it won't air them in 2020 because of problems with the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, lacking diversity. Um, 
a hundred member. And it's the problem is that a hundred people get to vote on the Golden Globes and they're all white dudes. Um, and, and so NBC is saying, look, make some changes or we won't air it. And the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, to their credit, says we're working on it. We're making changes. We're growing the number of people in the organization. We're doing all of this kind of stuff. But it just got piled on when, um, well, the whitest of white dudes, um, uh, uh, Tom Cruise, uh, piled on and sent back his awards. So, and then Scarlett Johansson came after him. So it's it's one of those things is that Hollywood's um, wine taster for the Oscars is getting a lot of flack right now. And it's going to be interesting to see how that all pans out. Yeah. Um, I, I think the more, and that's why I like, that's why I'm a member of, you know, the Film Independent Association, the Film Independent Group, is that it can be anybody. You know, you don't have to have a particular background or whatever. So it is a very diverse group of people voting for these movies, which is super cool. But the other one, and this was what I thought would be the big movie news today. Um, Disney's Cruella debuts first song by Florence and the Machine, Call Me Cruella. And it sounds like an absolute bop. It sounds amazing. Hit play in the machine. I gotta check that out. I thought you were gonna say Dave Batista's cast for Knives Out too. No. <laughs> no, it's the the Cruella Deville song from Florence and the Machine is good. The soundtrack will be out the twenty first. Movie's out the twenty seventh. What was the soundtrack we were curious about? Oh, Top Gun. We need to Top know what gun. the gun soundtrack is. And that's still, still yet, we, we still don't know. Um, just to kind of tie in the uh, movies and comics and trailers, uh, one thing that dropped last week that we didn't get to touch on yet is Netflix dropped the trailer for Sweet Tooth. And uh, uh, it looks really good. Uh, Sweet Tooth is a comic by Jeff Lemire. Um, basically in a futuristic world, you know, there's stuff going on, but there's also human-animal hybrids, uh, and Sweet Tooth goes on a quest to kind of find out more about his own personal background and identity. Uh, have, has everyone read the comic? Not me. Yes, I don't, I haven't read it in a long time, but I remember okay. I read it. Has anyone seen the trailer? No. Okay. It's one of those things where, like, every time I think I'm comic booked out, something will, like, speak to me. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I forgot that there's, you know, or not that I forgot, but there's other stuff than superheroes that is still yet to be touched on. That's one of them. Because apparently I'm never getting my Why the Last Man TV series. Like, they keep telling me I am. But then there's, like, always news about that it, the show blew up or whatever, and I have no idea when I'm ever getting that. So we'll see. But... Sweet Tooth, Paper Girls, I think there's a lot of hope for um, non-superhero-driven comic entities to, to gain a lot of momentum on these streaming services, mm -hmm. uh, which, is, which has to be good for the, the industry. I mean, it, we've always, you, you would expect oversaturation at some point, but we might have already hit that and not even known because of the pandemic, who knows? 
<laughs> I don't know. So, but yeah, that's one of those comics uh, where um, it's completely off the beaten path. So look out for that one later this year on Netflix, actually in June, coming up pretty soon. So, uh, Speaking of non-superhero television, yeah, uh, big news, NBC has issued a pilot order for the Melissa Roush-driven Night Court sequel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, no. Melissa Roush playing Harry Anderson's daughter. Okay. Most of the cast coming back, uh, including, I follow her on TikTok. Uh, oh, I'm going to forget her name. Marsha. Wallace. No. Marcia. Oh. Huh? Is it Marsha Wallace? No. Um. Hold on. Uh, but uh, she was talking about that she was excited to potentially be back. Um, and it, it is Marsha Warfield who played Rosalind. The uh, oh, I can't even think of what her role was in Ross, uh, in Night. She, she was one of the bailers. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Or Bull, I'm sorry, Bull. Yeah, she was a, a bailiff with Bull, yes. Um, well, I, yeah, I don't know how that shirks. I don't know how that show's going to work without Harry Anderson, but I'm willing to give it a shot, especially with how good some of these reboots or redos or, you know, continuations like Punky Brewster and Stop by the Bell. I mean, is this going to be Peacock? Is this... NBC has issued a pilot order that's oh, all we've okay. got. So yeah, tied it'll be tied into that. Um, I'm all for it. I'm all for that. I mean, it's Night Court. Like you can, it, it, yeah. I I think that'll uh, that'll work. It'll just depend on. It, re- it really will depend. That's kind of a wild show. Like when you think about everything that's happened in the world, and if you look back at John Larroquette's character's behavior and stuff like that, it'll be interesting to see how some of those things are tackled now or remembered through their eyes and all that. So uh, I'm very interested in that. Yeah, I Um, I think that show worked really well for its era. I'm not sure if it'll work in today's era. Uh, Well, I think it's, I think the whole premise is that it's Melissa Rauch coming on and you know now she's sitting in the chair her father sat in all those years ago modern crimes and the people that were part of it are maybe in different roles but still related to it so it's you know instead of john larroquette being the lawyer you know in these cases he's her law school professor you know and it's it's you know um different people involved they're they're basically going thirty years after the fact or whatever it will yeah. be right now. Yeah, it will be about thirty years, wouldn't it? Actually, more like forty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thirty thirty five years. Interesting. It would be interesting mm-hmm. to see. I'm I'm here for it though, man. Me too. And like I said, like some of those comedies have been really surprisingly good. The, I don't know. I don't know what you call those now. It's not. It's not a reboot because it's. Continuation, so it's a sequel. Yeah, but Night Court ran a lot longer than I. Th- it ran from 1984 to 1992. Yeah, eight years. It had a long run. 
It did. Shows back then ran a lot longer than they do now. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was easier, I think, back then to go uh, a long, uh, you know, get a long run. Well, we're talking eight years for a good show. There are shows that only lasted two years, three years. So not every show made it that long. Right, but no, but I think it was easier because there was less competition. Not not good shows get canceled now after two seasons. They were were also not paying their stars a million dollars an episode. So you know, it kind (laughs) of Friends broke it. Is that what you're saying? Oh, absolutely. And they were they were offering Jim Parson what fifty million for three years to keep uh, Big Bang Theory going. That's uh, you know that'll definitely kill the budget for any show. The uh, I think the key to longevity in today's market is animation and crime because those are the shows that last the absolute longest. I mean, there's some reality shows that have been on. Quite a while too, but like you think about Law and Order and NCIS and <laughs> CSI, and then you know Simpsons, South Park, Family Guy, um, yeah, because Simpsons is from almost from that Night Court era. So, yep. like, uh, yeah. I mean, the the beauty of animation is you don't have to age anybody. You can keep the story going, and you've got so much flexibility with what you can do. Uh, you can also change the voice actors if you need to. You know, it'll bug people for a little while, and then um, that's the beauty of animation. You can tell the same story with more flexibility, especially with computer-generated animation nowadays. You know, you are you have more more or less automation that can do it for you. Uh, anyone want to talk about the paperweight of any comics that's coming out? This week, uh, it's too heavy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Jen got to talk to Declan Shelby, who has a great book mm-hmm. out this week that I think it may be one of the big books of the week. Yeah, time time before time is a really kind of an interesting look. It's uh, these think about the way that. Uh, like when people want to be brought over the border from Mexico, like when you like have the coyote situation, but exchange that for people desperately want to get out of the time period that they're in because like now, because they feel like it's horrible and they want to go to a different earlier, more simpler time. And so they're willing to give up to this kind of like mafia like organization that control this time probability, give you, give them, give everything that you own to them. And then they'll transport you back in time. And of course, there's always, you know, caveats. It sounds like Twilight Zone every issue, Twilight Zone episode every issue, where it's just going to be this horrible grass is always greener on the other side (laughs) type of thing going on. Mm -hmm. There's a book that I'm sure will be a little bit of a nightmare for both Jen and Brainy. Coming out this week, uh, Hank Howard, Pizza Detective, number one. <laughs> well, we're we're getting enough copies, but man, we just had to. Some guy thought he could, you know, work the system by having it shipped to different addresses. He just had to cancel <laughs> a bunch of his orders. <laughs> I I didn't even put this online. I mean, for a dollar a book, 
it's not worth, I mean, I pay, you know, 50 something cents for a T-fold mailer at this point. So I'm backwards on the deal, even if them giving it to me for free. So I'm just like, nope, you know what? You got to come get that book. Yeah, we, we do it just because it's, you know, for those people who can't get it elsewhere. Yep. But I, I do like, you know, I, I know a lot of people have said a lot of um, unsupported things about the way Bad Idea is doing it. And I, I'm, I'm looking um, at the books and they, they are outperforming all other books for us. It's just amazing. And, I, you know, I can't complain. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I wish. Right. I, and as a fan, I'm loving every second of it. Yep. And they're, they're, they're good books. Yep. Mm -hmm. It currently, like, it doesn't matter which one it is. I think any of the titles right now are double my best title and pull box, which is probably Batman, right? Or Amazing, which Amazing. is close. But yeah, it, they're, it's double. And yep. it's 100% all paid for already. I mean, like, one through four, ENIAC, it's already paid for. It's all done. Because I, I pre-charge for all of those. So people that say that that idea is a bad idea just didn't do it right, I guess. Correct. Yeah, and, and you know, it is also a lot of the people that are against it are the people that aren't involved in it, you know. They're, they are the retailers that I chose either chose not to do it or have not jumped on board yet. Mm -hmm. uh, but so someone other... tell me more about this pizza, though. I need to hear more about <laughs> But so some the, other the... books to watch out for this week. Uh, Marvel X Corp number one. Yep. Uh, you Promised Me Darkness number two from Behemoth, which might be out this week, might be out next week. Yep. Uh, and the silver coin number two from Image Comics, which number one was an absolute brain melter. Uh, number two uh, is a 80s teen camp horror movie theme uh, with art or written by Stephanie Phillips. So I can't believe you forgot Silver Thompson, City. I'm sorry. Can't believe I forgot what? Silver City by Aftershock. Uh, I haven't. I'll be honest, I'm a little salty about Silver City, only because we just got the PDF this morning of Silver City uh, <laughs> for me to read, and so I haven't read it yet. It's still... But yes. Know, if it made my post, there's got to be something good about it. Right. Fine, I guess I'll just have to read about the Pizza Detective. Okay, so the Pizza Detective... <laughs> Caligula's safe. It's it's an interesting concept of what Bad Idea is doing. You can only buy the book on May 12th or have had pre-ordered it before that. Retailers are not allowed to sell it after that day. Oh. Uh, well, that sounds like a nightmare for everyone. To some extent, yes. Uh, I, I agree. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be a nightmare for us to ship them out. Uh, but they did change the rule. The originally, they said you have to ship them out on that date. And I'm sure enough of us complained, saying you've you got to be ridiculously crazy to think that we're going to ship out, you know, all these books on a Wednesday, which is, you know, new comic book day. There's no way you expect us to do that. So they did change that rule where you can ship them out after, but you cannot sell them after that date. Um, the story... Oh my god, that story's escaping me right now. Hank Howard, Pizza Detective in Caligula Safe by Robert Vendetti of Tankers and David Lapham, The Hero Trade, available for takeout and delivery bad, at, at Bad Idea Destination Stores on May 12th for only 24 hours, is coming with a big heap of pineapple to go with the pepperoni. 
That's the solicitation. That's the solicitation. <laughs> I, I just feel but it's in Caligula safe, so I imagine it will be Caligula based. Although Robert Vendetti has been billing himself as a method writer, which means he has to live through whatever he's writing. Does that mean Robert Vendetti went back to uh, <laughs> ancient Rome and lived with Caligula? I don't understand. <laughs> He just he probably just had a toga party. <laughs> also, there's a dude on the cover that looks like I can't think of who his name is, but he was a big guy who was in cop shows in the 70s. Um, when you see it, you'll know who I'm talking about. Well, Mark, you, you gotta make sure that you go over to your local comic shop that participates with that idea and pick up a copy on Wednesday the twelfth. Okay. Or pre order from uh, you know, one of those your not so local bad college. idea destination store yep it just feels like this is going to be a book that's going to pop on ebay on the 13th for 200 bucks you you should go on ebay right now and check it out in fact what i what i like about uh, there are a lot of retailers that are selling it at 99 cents on ebay right now so that's, oh. that's a plus but i thought they could only sell it on may 12. you can pre-order you oh can, you cannot okay. sell after may 12th i gotcha all right Anything else anyone want to throw out there before we wrap it up? Hundred dollars, thousand dollars, dollar. <laughs> um, interestingly enough, I, I don't pick up GI Joe on a regular basis, but for some reason, I am picking up this upcoming issue of GI Joe. I don't know why I pulled it, uh, but I am. I, I'm. I, I have to figure out why I'm picking up two eighty issue number two eighty of uh, GI Joe, a real American hero. Something like this solicitation. What's that? Something in the solicitation got you, obviously. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, I mean, I, I do pick up once in a while, but something in that solicitation did did grab my attention. So we'll see where that goes. And and that's the the series that's a continuation of the old Marvel series. Um. Yes. Yes, that is. Like Larry Hama still writing it, yeah. I also somebody I has a Hank Howard Pizza Detective and Killing the Safe number one nine eight per pre order. Yeah, how can you guarantee a nine eight anyhow for three large? Three K. Yeah, right. Nobody's <laughs> going to pay that. Is this berserker. <laughs> I don't understand. Like there are people. They're like, buy it now for a hundred bucks. Buy it now for a thousand bucks. Buy it now for a dollar. Yeah, the dollar ones are probably the ones that are selling right now. Right. I'm not even looking at sold listings. I'm just looking at what idiots are asking. So let's go over to sold listings. A dollar. A dollar. A dollar. A dollar. A dollar. A dollar. Well, <laughs> it, it will be interesting to see the price after May 12th. If every retailer sticks to their required rule, it would be... All right. The most expensive ones I'm finding... Are fifteen and seventeen dollars with free shipping. Wow. Almost everybody else is a dollar plus like nine dollars shipping. Yeah, that's oh. ridiculous. Well, <laughs> actually, I shouldn't say that because shipping has gotten more expensive. Yeah, shipping is ridiculous. Yeah. Lumber right. is ridiculous. What? What's ridiculous? Lumber. 
Oh yeah, lumber, chicken, uh, microchips. Uh, what else? There's, gas there's... is about to go through the roof. Gas about to go through the roof. <laughs> there's, yeah, a lot of random stuff. Bags going. aboard. Bags yeah, ba- how how are trading card supplies? Yep, they, they just yeah, you, you know, if you can find them, good luck, and you know, when you do find them, grab as much as you can. Yeah. Someone someone asked me the other day where I got my bags and boards. And I was like, ha ha ha, that's funny. Well, what does that mean? Are you, are you sold out of bags and boards? No, I've got plenty because I'm not telling them who my supplier is. Oh, exactly, okay. because, you know, you don't want them to dry up. Yeah. But um, most of our suppliers are basically limiting, limiting, limiting oh, my God. <laughs> limiting us to a uh, case per week. Yeah. Oh, okay. It'll be interesting to see what other random products are going to be hit because the chicken uh, one threw uh, me off and then the uh, microchips which is driving up the cost of used cars for some reason do you know why the microchips are the way they are it's uh it's hitting all of computers because everyone's making computer farms to farm for bitcoin so you uh, really hard to get a computer right now <laughs> yeah so uh, i had set up a computer just as a test computer to uh mine uh dodgecoin a while back um I think it was like a month ago or something. I can't remember. But it wasn't too long ago. And I totally forgot about it. And I went there to check it out. I'm like, hey, you know, let's see what it's doing. And all that time, it's mined two coins. Actually, it's 1.83 coins. And I, re- <laughs> and I noticed it ran out of hard drive space. I'm like, well, you know, how much resources is this thing eating up? I totally forgot I had to run it. And I just shut it down. I'm like, yeah, okay. That's worth, what, like a dollar? I probably wasted more energy on this thing. It was worth a dollar before SNL's opening monologue. <laughs> <laughs> and then he it, good job. And then it went down after that. Uh, well, thanks, guys, for being here as always. And thank you for watching Nerd News Now, part of the Kingdom of Geekdom on Woodlands Online, sponsored by Adventure Begins Comics and Games and Space Cadets Collection Collection. Check out... The other shows on Woodlands Online, like Music Cafe, Adventure Begins Show, Woodlands House and Home, The Best You, Between the Trees, Business Talk, and much more. You can watch all these on Woodlands Online and on our partner station, KBQT HD21, over the air on your television. Also, don't forget to add Woodlands Online TV to your Roku, and you can watch us on there as well. And you can listen to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. See you next week on Nerd News Now.